Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, are men good listeners? I recently saw words on a man's shirt that said, my wife says I have two faults. Number one, I do not listen. Number two was something else. That t-shirt could be worn by many husbands. Paul, you and I are not counselors, neither are we the sons of counselors. But after our long-term 50-plus years of marriage to Diane and Rita, I think we have gained some insights about listening that we can share with our listeners. Biggest lesson I learned is listen with your eyes as well as your ears. Look directly at the person talking. This helps the speaker, especially our wife, feel we care about what they are saying. Too often, we as men are distracted by watching something else, reading something, or trying to listen to two conversations at the same time. When our sons were little and I wanted them to listen, I would say, look at me while I'm talking. Somehow, as a young father, I thought that would improve their listening skills. One day, I was driving our car alone with our very young son in the seat beside me. This was before car seats and seatbelt laws. He was talking, and I was looking straight ahead while driving. In his mind, he assumed since I was looking away, I must not be listening. At one point, I felt his hand reach up, take my chin, gently pull it around towards his face, and say, Look at me, Daddy. In some cultures, it is considered inappropriate to look at people in the eyes. But it's important when listening to people who have experienced grief. Here's a story from East Africa. My wife, Rita, and I were leading a five-day trauma healing seminar for a group of widows, a very special group. Each widow had been the wife of a pastor killed by hostile religious extremists. Some had watched their husband die. Some received the news from others. Each widow came to the seminar with a support person like a son or a close friend. The one whose story touched my heart, we will call Isha. She was young, married for two years to Abraham. She was two months pregnant when her pastor husband was assassinated in front of their home. Seven months later, she gave birth to a baby girl. She named her Abrahami in honor of the girl's father. She brought the baby into the room with her for the sessions. In the very first session, this widow could not make eye contact with my wife or with me as we taught, but through the translator's encouragement, we knew she was listening. I will tell you later what happened, but for the moment, Let's consider how we can become better listeners. The Bible has over 300 verses that relate to listening. For example, Proverbs 1.33 says, He who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. And Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days. Listening is difficult. I have to remind myself, Pablo, that every time I am talking, I am not listening. Often I am saying or telling something I already know rather than listening to gain new insights from someone else. When a person is grieving, it is often more important to listen than to talk. Job experienced four tragic simultaneous events. First, the Sabaeans stole all his animals and killed his servants. Then fire fell from heaven and burned up all his sheep and the shepherds. 
and Chaldean raiders stole his camels and killed those servants. And lastly, a powerful windstorm came during a feast at his oldest son's home, collapsed the house, and killed all his children inside. Scripture says, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all of this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Now when Job's three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Sophar, heard of all his adversity that had come upon him, they came each one from his own place, and they made an appointment together to come to sympathize with him and comfort him. When they lifted up their eyes at a distance, they did not recognize him. They raised their voices and wept, and each of them tore his robe and threw dust over their heads toward the sky. Then they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word to him, for they saw that his pain was very great. Before Jim continues, let me remind you you are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of our new devotional booklet, Live the Jesus Way, by sending Dr. Jim an email at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Job's three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Sophar, came to see him after his trauma. His potential trauma-healing counselors get full marks for their actions the first week they were with Job. What did they do? Nothing. And what did they say? Nothing. They sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word to him, for they saw that his pain was very great. As one counselor said, some people are so marinated in trauma, they need someone who will just be there and be silent. Just listen. No quick answers, no inappropriate questions, and no proposed solutions. What questions are suitable to help a listener guide a hurting person into telling their story? There are some helpful questions, but first there has to be a bond of trust established between the grieving person and the listener. When the time is right, the simplest question to ask is, what happened? The grieving person will often tell you the story in explicit detail. They will tell you what they saw, what they did, who helped first, what steps did they take, and what happened just before the final stage. The listener has to absorb all the emotion without offering comments. This is not the time to correct their accent or fix their grammatical errors. Just listen. Remember the story of Aisha at the beginning? The mother who could not make eye contact and was still grieving months after her husband was murdered? Well, she spent time with the other widows. She listened to their stories and heard how they were responding. And she heard their stories of hope and healing. Eventually, someone was able to ask her, how do you feel? This opened a door for Aisha to begin expressing her feelings of anger, loss, grief, and pain. Then came the question that I call the gentle nudge. What was the hardest part for you? The answer to this question opens a pathway to even deeper issues. The key is for the listener to be attentive. To attend to another person means to be with them in the conversation, applying yourself to hear what they are saying. Like many people who are suffering loss, 
Asha wondered, if God loves us, why do we suffer? And how can we heal the wounds of our heart? The widows who were willing to share their story were asked, what gave you strength and helped you to get through it? Notice these questions are non-confrontational, non-directive, and non-embarrassing. The grieving person is telling their story in a safe and secure setting to a trusted listener. The key is for the listener to provide a safe environment. One pastor listened to a group of women talking about rape. With complete insensitivity and hurt, he said, Well, if women would dress more modestly, they would not be raped. He failed to listen first. He showed a lack of love for the person, like a legalistic Pharisee. Later, he realized two of the women in the group had experienced being raped. His lack of listening skills generated hurt and built a wall between himself and the women. God wants us to show mercy, not legalism. The book of James 1.19 says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. While listening, we must not be distracted by our own thoughts, feelings, or biases. It takes discipline to listen. Jesus told his disciples, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Be careful not to offer unwanted advice. Keep an open mind. Best not to listen and say, Well, that was your stupid thing to do. While it may be true, it does not endear your counsel to the grieving person. Remember, Jim, our mothers used to say, God gave us two ears and one tongue, so we are supposed to listen twice as much as we talk. After listening carefully, we are able to probe and ask, How did God help you? The answers to these questions becomes therapeutic in themselves for others to hear. And then comes the last question, how were you able to help others? Each widow was able to reflect on how God had already used their pain and their grief to be a help to someone walking on a similar path of recovery. Listening is a key principle in the helping relationship. Some people only listen politely so they can interrupt and do more talking. Some people listen for only the first few words and then interrupt with their opinion or idea or belief before the first talker has finished their thought. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is not rude. Some people are virtual talking machines. They never stop talking, which means they do very little listening. But listening is more than just being quiet. Men in all cultures are notorious for thinking about something else while their wife is talking. They may be making eye contact and they are not interrupting, but in their mind they have built a shed while she is talking. Wives are good at reading our eyes, men. She may say, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? One challenge is to listen to someone saying ideas, words, theories, or views that are completely opposite to what you believe to let them speak without interrupting or challenging them. Just listening to their opinion is difficult at times. God wants us to be peacemakers, conform to the image of Jesus Christ. Throughout our prayer time, it is important to be open and listen to the Spirit's guidance. The Holy Spirit will help us to praise God. He will remind us of needs for which we should be praying. 
Sometimes he will clearly show us specifically what we should do in connection with matters we are considering in prayer. John 16, 13-14 Often, the Holy Spirit will guide us to a passage of Scripture that will show us what we should do. The Living Bible Translation of James 1.5 is very clear on this point. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask Him, and He will gladly tell you. For He is ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask Him, and He will not resent it. To do what we have to do, we must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. There you have it, men. Blessed are those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Let us know if you prayed to receive Christ into your life as Savior and Lord. And remember to order your free PDF copy of our new offer, Live the Jesus Way, Following and Living the Teaching of Our Master. Request it at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global, so visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become Men Alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. <laughs>